You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Because there are plenty of times when we feel, or I feel, and I think others do, feel disqualified because of something that they've done wrong, a mistake they've made, a sin in their life, a habit they're unhappy with, and they feel like, well, how could God use me, much less, you know, how could he love me, much less use me in a way that makes a difference? And, And these stories continue to show us that that's all part of his redemptive plan. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. We are continuing our series on the royal family, and we're joined. I am joined. <laughs> it's just me. Joined with a very special guest and Sunday speaker, Dr. Sean Stover. Sean, thanks for being here. Morning, Taylor. How are you? I am doing well. Looking forward to our convo this morning, talking about David. And uh, I know I ask this uh, every every week when you when you give a talk, but I'd love to hear your thoughts, kind of behind the scenes, as you prepared for this message, uh, as you got as Pastor Jose gave you David. Kind of what were your thoughts, and then kind of maybe some things that stood out to you as you prepped for yeah, the message. Absolutely. Even when I was assigned the topic, and when you did the introduction just a second ago, I thought royal family. Do you know much about the royal family I, like the, the British? I don't either. I know I see all these like tabloid stories and uh, yeah. these different, I, and I really don't know much at, at all about them. People have a fascination with them yeah. though. There's oh, a large a following of people that from Princess Diana on have yeah. kind of paid attention to what yeah. they're doing. And yeah, I can't keep up with the princes <laughs> and who they're married to and where they're going. And, yeah. Um, but the royal family of Jesus, yes, I guess, yes, is more yeah. on point with what we're <laughs> what, what we're talking about. about. Yeah, and uh, man, I, I'm having fun learning more about them. You yeah, know, I, you hear the stories, but thinking about it in terms of uh, them all being a part of this lineage that leads up to the yeah. birth of this amazing, you know, God and man that changed the world is pretty interesting. And David. Uh, I was overwhelmed, honestly, when Jose said, he, he, you know, sometimes when you, you pick these Sundays or he says, hey, can you do this Sunday or this Sunday? And uh, I usually pick based on calendar and date yeah, and what's right. convenient for him. Yeah. I've got to start picking by topic <laughs> because the week before he taught on, you know, Boaz and Ruth. And there's like this little snippet in the Bible about them. And then you can just dive deep on that snippet and take so much out of it. And then uh, but I said no to that, obviously, and ended up with uh, David, who there's such a plethora of information. And so my mind initially was like, how in the world do you boil this down to yeah. a, a few points that have some key takeaways? So that was my initial thought. And, and then just even in diving into it, realizing um, it's not just a lot of information. It's a lot of great stories and lessons that yeah. David's life uh, over and over and over again. And uh, you look at some of the great speakers and authors, you know, in our culture today, you know, people I respect like Tim Keller and, you know, he's got like a 12 week study on David and you're like, okay, well, I'll just knock that out in 20 minutes. minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's, it was so good though. I thought you did a great job. Uh, Even before we dive into just more of the specifics of David's story, kind of one of the, I don't know if it's a tagline or just a common theme throughout this series. is just that God uses imperfect people for God's perfect purpose. Uh, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on that because as we look at later on in the message, David was, was, uh, a man after God's own heart, but also was imperfect and yet God still used him. So not only just in that snapshot, but just in general, what kind of, uh, stands out to you about that just simple truth that we're seeing throughout this, this series. 
I think it's really helpful for us as we go through our lives because there are plenty of times when we feel, or I feel, and I think others do feel disqualified because of something that they've done wrong, a mistake they've made, a sin in their life, a a habit they're unhappy with. And they feel like, well, how could God use me much less, you know, how could he love me much less use me in a way that makes a difference. And and these stories continue to show us that that's all part of his redemptive plan, that his, uh, in this fallen world, he understands that we're going to fall short time and time again. And yet with the right repentant heart, um, we can still be used by God. And we've seen that, you know, through the first two stories in this series and now again in David clearly. And uh, to me, it's just an encouragement. And yeah. it's a reminder, even as I'm looking at my kids, you know, it's easy just to focus on the the negative or the place that they're in a bad spot when in reality, you know, this difficulty they're going through in the moment or this challenge they're facing or the bad decision they've made can all be something that can be redeemed yeah. and can be used ultimately for good. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think for me, um, not only that, what you shared, but even just the fact, and even especially for David, where he like voluntarily wrote about this stuff. So it's like, it's like the history books. He could have, he could have scrubbed a few things. Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, Hey, let's, let's leave this out. I'm king. So, exactly. you know, rewrite history, yeah. but instead. And so I think that's even just because not only the people that God chose, but just the way in which we know, like the real stuff that they went through and just, you know, even with Ruth and just all, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it, it just blows my it's mind how if I was writing a story yeah, <laughs> about exactly. like the savior, it's like, I'd, I'd scrub out like, like everything, you know. And How much more interesting would our funerals be if we actually just did, gave the whole story, you know? It's like, oh, and then there was that time Jimmy fell off the wagon and really struggled with his drinking problem. But, man, he came back around and, you know, I mean, it's like. Never thought about but that. that's, they do that in the yes. Bible. And, and yeah. obviously God has a plan for that too. And it's right. it, it's to encourage us through the hard times and the hard places. And, oh, and it's right. to teach us how to look, I think, at the people around us with grace and forgiveness and the realization that we're we're all works in progress. Totally, totally. Yeah, and David was uh, throughout his whole life. And yeah, you had so many great points here. I love how kind of at the end of the message, you highlighted all five again, and then kind of even just, highlight just just barely kind of some practical ways, even just that we can kind of take this away. So I'd love to kind of uh, camp out there and starting with the first one here about David was chosen to be the next king and anointed by God. And you kind of made the connection there that we are chosen. We are God's chosen people and we are anointed by God. Uh, what are some ways that you can kind of remind yourself of that even just personally? Because I think that's something you hear in church and you're like, okay, cool. That kind of makes me feel good. But throughout the week, maybe based on things that I've done or just circumstances I'm in, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel very chosen or I don't feel very anointed based on kind of how I'm acting or what's happening around me. Right. Well, I think it's important to understand that the in the grand scheme of things, there's going to be a lot of things that throw us off track of what our life mission is and what our life purpose is. And some of those distractions are healthy and they're to teach us and to grow us. And some of them are just to rob us of time and energy we should be putting toward, you know, what God has called us to. But it's just a consistent need for us to be reminded that um, and just like Samuel was sent by God to go and, and choose this king, and he chose David from this line of Jesse, um, man, Jesus was sent uh, to redeem us, and we have been chosen by him to be a part of his kingdom, to be his yeah. children, and somehow to just continuously remind ourselves that, wait a minute, I, I, I'm more than just Sean. I'm, I'm right. more than just you know, the son of Lynn Stover. I'm actually a child of the king, and this is his, his kingdom is here, and I need to be a part of what's going on. 
Yeah, that's so good. Something that even stood out to me last week, we were talking about Boaz and how uh, you know he ends up being this kind of hero of the story. But something I love that Pastor Jose pointed out was that uh, he was just being faithful. He was just being obedient. And so I think in the same way, like David was just being obedient in the flock and you know, with yeah. the flock and in the, the fields. And that's yeah. and God chose him. And uh, and so in the same way that he chose us, like he's not asking us to conjure up this grand, you know, world changing scheme. It's like he just wants us to be obedient and love the people around us and yeah. uh, try to do what he's asked us to do well and knowing that we're going to mess up, like you said. So absolutely. And like you said, being faithful with what's right in front of you. And it, that kind of leads into the next point, probably, which is the the story of David and Goliath. Uh-huh. And, you know, it wasn't that he trained for, you know, like someday I'm going to face a giant. And right. so I need to train years and years to be ready for when I face that. Right. No, he just was faithful with being a shepherd. He was faithful with protecting the sheep that God, you know, and his dad, Jesse, had said, hey, take care of these sheep. Yeah. And he was, he wasn't half-hearted in that. He was yeah. wholehearted. I think I said in the message, you know, I can't imagine. I'd be like, you know, that lion, you can have that yeah. one sheep. I'll, <laughs> I still got 30 over here. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to keep over these, but obviously you know, David had a better attitude than I did yeah. about shepherding because he was like, no, no, I, I know that sheep. I know that. Yeah. He probably knew that he had the name for that sheep yeah. probably. And, yeah. and he went out after it. And uh, so it was just in him being faithful that he was ultimately prepared for that big uh, test in his yeah. life. And um, I think that's what I need to continue to encourage my kids toward too. You know, it's like, hey, I know you're frustrated right now. You know, Cody's ankle is 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 injured and he's in a boot and he's missing out on basketball and he loves being active and he loves being with his friends. And so he's he's disheartened and and um, disappointed around all of that. But uh, even lessons like this are reminders that, hey, this is a season and, and there's something in this. God will redeem this as well. He yeah. works ultimately works everything out for his good. And uh, this season of, of, you know, suffering on a minor scale right, compared sure, to sure. grand things, but in a. 14-year-old, 15-year-old's mind, it seems big. But it's just a reminder that, hey, these are all moments that God will ultimately use for a major purpose that's somewhere along the line. And certainly that's what he did with David in that uh, shepherding that he did early on that ultimately led to this ability to take down a a giant. Yeah. Oh, I love the parallel you made just with giants and uh, particularly the verse that talks about just how David says, let no one lose heart over this this Philistine, this kind of giant. And so just the comparison about, I'll just... Read you my notes I put down for this. It was so good. So giants are designed for us to, you know, to take the heart away from us mm-hmm. or away from people. And then I love what you said, which is that we need to be people who say that we're God's servants and don't lose heart because, you know, mm-hmm. showing the perspective that God has. I was like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. And just understanding that concept. So like you said, we will face hardship. We will face suffering and there will be giants to take. I love to even just camp out on that, that part about being that to other people. Like, how do we do that? Or how, you know, I feel like you do that so well as far as just being able to enter into very chaotic or just um, uncertain circumstances to be able just to to kind of help people not lose heart in where they're at. Yeah, I think there's two specific things that happen in real life in this situation. And it played out right there in in that verse. So, so David, uh, there were two things he could have done. First, he identified this is not one of the two, but he identified what was going on, and it was that these yeah. people were scared. God's people were scared, and they had, they had lost heart 
Um, they weren't ready to engage their gifts and talents to battle this giant. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had two options. One, he could go take the he could go take on the giant that was hurting the people that he cared about, um, or he could just kind of pause and wrap his arms around the people there. Well, the people there, his brothers in particular, wanted nothing to do with him. Yeah. They were, you know, ashamed of him and said, go away. Right. And so he said, all right, well, I'll go take this giant on and, and that'll help. It's the same way for us. I mean, sometimes when we look at someone hurting near us that's losing heart, mm-hmm. um, we may need to take on the giant for them. Mm-hmm. So in the case of somebody who doesn't have food to eat or is is homeless or we, we, you know, we do this as a church, we try to go out and serve meals mm-hmm. to people. Well, the giant in their life is, is hunger mm-hmm. and it's poverty. And we need to take that giant on for those people. Um, and then there are other times when the giant may be you know, some form of anxiety or depression or alcoholism. And so we have things like Celebrate Recovery and we have counseling where we actually come alongside that person so that we encourage their hearts. Uh, we may not be able to take that giant away, um, but we can certainly make sure they're not alone in their mourning and their suffering. Mm-hmm. And we can be a part of the answer to help them feel more confident and ultimately gain some sense of mental health and energy. Yeah, I love that. And you brought up Celebrate Recovery. I think about one of the common phrases I here um, just throughout CR is that we're here to support one another, not fix one another. And I think that's even just an important way because yeah. it's like to come and support and encourage someone. My mind, uh, just as a fixer, I'm like, I come in, I'm like, okay, what's the problem? What are you doing yeah. wrong? Let's see what we can do. You know, let's develop a plan. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just all about trying to fix the person. Like, oh, I can, I can tell you what you're doing wrong or I can, yeah. I can fix that. And, uh, and that's, that's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, in some cases it is, but that's why, you know, I've used alcohol a couple of times. So I'll stick with that as an example. If you could somehow remove all of the alcohol from Hayes County, then <laughs> right. you probably could fix the problem that that person in Celebrate Recovery has with right. that. Right. But in the absence of being able to take that giant away, the next best thing you can do is just come alongside that person with yeah. support and yeah. say, I, I can't fix this for you, but I can sure make sure you're not alone in it. Yeah, no, that that is so good here. Some of the, the last points here that tie into this uh, is just the fact that David becomes king and he conquers his enemies and takes Jerusalem. And yet we have kind of that that high. And then we see right after that, this concept that David sins with lust, lies, murders, and independence. And so like we've been just even talking about the intro here, you you get both in the story. You don't just get all the, right. the nice stuff and all the, the wins and the, the exciting high moments, but instead you, you see just kind of uh, David's uh, low here. I love one of the things that you talked about just to be mindful of, which is that the enemy convinces us that, you know, the success that we're having, the gifts, the abilities, the talents that we have, you know, the enemy, in my opinion, is just a whisper. It's not super loud. Like, oh, that's the enemy. It's like super small. It's like, this is your gifts. This yeah. is your, and then I just, I just wrote down what you said, because it's all, all about the blessings that we should have. And so the enemy tries to kind of just slowly take us away from God's plan. And I love how you brought in because I think everyone can think of at least one or two kind of high achieving leaders that are successful. And then also they have some sort of downfall and it's, it's very common. And yet, even if we aren't, you know, a, just a high ranking leader, it's like, we can still probably face those times where we start to feel like I've, I've got this. And then all of a sudden you don't. Yeah, we all, we all do. We're all susceptible to that. I think the, this progression of David's life and these five points that we pulled out in the sermon um, are all kind of a ways that the enemy does come alongside. I mean, first and foremost, he's going to come alongside you and try to convince you that you're, you're not worthy. You're not chosen and you don't have any gifts. Well, you know, if you move past that, you're like, no, 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 wait, no, I, I know what the guy, I know what God says about me and the Bible says. And so you start to live out those gifts 
And uh, you really start to make a difference. Well, now what's he going to do? Well, now he's going to try to convince you that, yeah, oh man, you are gifted. Yeah, you are talented. You're so yeah. amazing. You don't need God. You you did this on your own. Like, yeah. where was God? He's not involved in this. And yeah. uh, then we develop a little bit of a pride. And mm-hmm. and honestly, yeah, you said the, the enemy, it's not a big, loud voice. It's usually a whisper. And it's honestly, mostly the world. He just uses yeah. the people around us yeah. in the world to yeah. convince us that we're big stuff and we're big time and, you know, friends elevate us mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. folks around. And when we start to be financially, maybe more independent or secure mm-hmm. or um, successful and we're susceptible yeah. at that point yeah. because it's it's dependency on the Lord mm-hmm. uh, that usually gets us where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's dependency on the Lord that will keep us there. And if we turn up to independence, it's, yeah. we've missed it. Yeah, that's so good. I just think back to something that uh, Pastor Jose has been reminding just our, our staff team and just something that he, he talks about all the time, this idea of being versus doing and just this idea that uh, it's just been something I've been continuing to think about and be reminded of that my worth and value does not come in what I do. And I think that that's even part of it is this idea that um, that it's all about my accolades or my accomplishments or I can do all this stuff. And if my character is not growing with my achievements and abilities, that gap gets larger and larger and larger. And, uh, and then next, you know, integrity or just all these other things, I just start to see how leaders and high achieving people can get that way because that that keeps you know exponentially growing a lot of times and yet if your character and what you're doing in your relationship with God just alone uh, is not also growing at that level, then then that gap gets gets wider and wider. That's so true, Taylor. And I, I think that the key to that character growth is is a is a humble dependency on the Lord and the the people whose character does continue to keep pace with their accolades and achievements and accomplishments are the ones that continually uh, remember and and verbalize the fact that, hey, look, I, I, this isn't me. I'm here because yeah. the Lord has blessed me. He has yeah. chosen to give me this path and these gifts and these circumstances. And um, there's a false humility in that. And I don't enjoy that either, yeah. you know, where people um, don't you know, acknowledge that, yeah, they, they have, they have worked hard and they have made a difference and they have Mm -hmm. used their gifts and talents well, Mm -hmm. but man, the people whose character keeps pace with their, uh, with their accomplishments are the ones that continually in humility, acknowledge their dependence on the Lord. And, uh, and that's the most exciting part of our life anyway, is the fact that, I mean, I I may be a psychologist and who went to school for a long time, or I may be Mm -hmm. a consultant who does things in families or companies, or I may be a pastor at a church, but man, the most exciting thing in my life is that I'm a child of God Mm -hmm. who created all of this and I get to be a part of his work in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's the exciting thing. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. That's uh, carries a lot of weight coming from someone like you. So no, that is something that's important to be reminded of here. And that's even something we saw with David, just this idea of having a humble heart. He didn't always have it, but then you see, in my opinion, some of the most humble, raw, just even in the Psalms, just David's confession, yeah. David's crying out to God uh, in later parts of his life here. And just kind of that, that fifth point here about David is broken, repentant, and then seeking God's righteousness. I like how you kind of drew the line between the three of these, right? So it's like he starts with just acknowledging the brokenness and then moves to repentance and then seeking God's righteousness. Uh, what does this look like for someone that, again, some of these are churchy, <laughs> churchy kind of words, repentance and righteousness and, and that kind of thing. I love just how 
you made this point here that he just wholeheartedly pursued the Lord and um, would love to just get your thoughts on maybe just some practical ways that people can do that because that may seem intimidating. That may seem like, okay, that's that's for the professional Christians out there. But like for me, yeah. it's like, I'm just working on baby steps. That might be what some people are thinking. So yeah. what does it look like just to kind of wholeheartedly just, just pursue the Lord? Yeah, thanks for calling that out because I, I don't want to get uh, too far into churchy words and miss the, the practical application of these. And uh, the reality is there's a well-worn path from where we were just talking about where, where sin and, you know, lust and and murder and all those things um, end up leading us to this selfish independence. Mm -hmm. So when it, from that selfish independent place, there's a well-worn path to get back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that path um, leads first through brokenness. And brokenness is just a, a big word to say, man, we hit rock bottom. You know, we kind of hit that place where we acknowledge, Lord, I'm screwed up yeah. and I'm not where I want to be in my life. I'm not seeing the outcomes and the consequences that I want to see. Or maybe even sometimes brokenness is just the realization that, hey, I have everything that I want in life and I'm still empty. I'm still unfulfilled. I have the house I want and the car that I want and, and all the, the finances I could need. And I still feel like a whole lot is missing from my life. And it's this so brokenness in that sense is really a, a feeling. It's a mm -hmm. it's a it's a spot in life where you just acknowledge either everything is gone and I'm and I'm I'm needing more than I have. Uh, you know, for for healing, I don't have the power inside myself. Mm -hmm. Or it could be the opposite. And I have everything I want, but I still feel empty and exhausted. And, and and in that broken place, and that's why sometimes even in marriages, you see, mm -hmm. you know. People are discouraged when they say, oh, man, you know, this, that couple over there, is, they've hit the bottom and they're, they're thinking about divorce. Well, honestly, that's not always the worst thing because that broken place is where God really can make a difference because that's where a lot of times it takes that before people turn toward him. Mm -hmm. So from brokenness, this well-worn path, selfishness leads to brokenness. And then from brokenness, you move to what, you know, the churchy word is repentance. But right. this place where you acknowledge I don't have the strength to get out of this. I don't like the behaviors I've been doing. Lord, I want to turn from those in dependency on you. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of a, a, an acknowledgement that I'm turning away from what's gotten me into this broken place. Mm -hmm. And I'm turning toward the Savior and the healer who can get me out of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what repentance is. And, and so David, you know, the cool thing about him, and I think this is why he was eventually described as a man after God's own. Another reason is because he was just raw in all of this and yeah. he wrote it all yeah. and he was a poet and he was a musician. And so he had great ways of expressing all of this. And uh, so he, you know, he's, he expressed his brokenness and then he expressed his, his repentance. I, I want to turn from this. I don't want to yeah. stay in this place, Lord. I want to pursue you. And then you see the next step in this well-worn path is where you fall back in love with the God who saves and the God who heals. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, he, David fell in love with his word. I mean, he was reading scripture and yeah. memorizing that, or, you know, reading scripture the time for him was those stories right. in that, you know, the Torah and the old Testament right. that he had, yeah. but he was, he was meditating on that word that had been in him for a long time. And that's what we have to do. We've got to fall back in love with, with the disciplines like mm -hmm. prayer and, and fasting and meditation on God's word and fellowship with other believers. And then all of a sudden you're on that healing path to the place that, that God wants you to be. That's so good. So good. I just, yeah, this ties into Hannah, how you capped off the message. I love how you said that, 
Um, you know, for many, we've made Jesus our Savior, and that is a big and, and very important step. But there is another step, and that is making Jesus our Lord. And we can only have one Lord. And so we saw through David's life um, just how sometimes that Lord was himself and his independence and what he wanted, and then times where he really did just pursue uh, with his whole heart uh, Jesus. So I know for me, that's been super encouraging just in, and convicting because it's like, who is my Lord today, and who am I living for, and what would that look like? Look like uh, what would maybe some some final kind of wrap up encouragements for someone that is uh, wanting to continue to kind of make Jesus Lord and in, in everything in their life. Absolutely, I noticed that a lot of times in old uh, in in old prayers and old writings, um, it would say Jesus, my Lord and Savior. And, and that's what kind of got me on this thought was I was like, why do they include both? Why do they say Lord and Savior? And then I started to realize that at least in my life, there really is a distinction, you know, I mean, and and I see that in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And we see that in Christianity in America in a lot of cases there, even in this community that we live in here in, in Hayes County, a lot of people that would say, oh, yeah, I've accepted Jesus. I was baptized at that church camp or, you know, that youth retreat or right. at my church. And yeah, I come to church a few times a year or when, you know, when it works out, I, I read my Bible and, you know, they've made him their savior, yeah. which is great. Like you said, because we know that means that we know where eternity yeah. is for them. Right. And, uh, and, and, and that's an important, the most important step you can make here on earth. But if you really want fulfillment in life, then the next step is to make him Lord mm-hmm. in, in, in semantics. I know is what I'm saying here is just small distinctions, but it's the, daily dependency mm-hmm. on him and the daily turning toward him. Um, and in, in the way I look at it in my life at this point, which hasn't always been the case, believe me, is that, man, I have this amazing counselor, advisor, helper, healer, all seeing, all knowing mm-hmm. presence in my life. Um, why would I not start my day by asking that, mm-hmm. that figure what the day should bring mm-hmm. um, or what I should say yes to and what I should say no to mm-hmm. and uh, how to discipline my life. And believe me, I, I fall short. I, I was, man, blessed to go to Men's Encounter yeah. and uh, really get to hear the speakers and experience that. If you haven't done that and you're listening to this, then just go ahead and try to make a commitment mm-hmm. and put that on your calendar for next year because it was it was so good. But it was it was just uh, some good reminders to me over things that I, I, I don't allow God to be Lord in my life and some some ways that I escape or protect myself or cope with stress in my life that um, aren't turning toward him. They're worldly ways of coping. And uh, it, it's a constant. It's a daily for me. I don't know about for you, you know, but it's it's not a yes. natural thing because I right. wake up in the morning yeah. trying to I'm thinking I got this. I'll figure oh, yeah. it out. Oh, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll man up and get this done. Yeah. And, and I need more than that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just, yeah, I'll end by just saying, yeah, there's nothing wrong with living off the grid on your own land and not depending on anybody. But when I carry that kind of dream or idea into my spiritual life, it, it goes bad. And yet, I like you said, I just have this, whether it's just way, the way I'm wired, but I think a lot of us, this is all our flesh, just the idea that we want things to be about ourselves and take matters in our own hands. I mean, at the end of the day, that was the very first sin was, you know, the enemy just saying, hey, like Eve and Adam, like, hey, like, you're missing out. God's holding out on you. So take this in your own hands. And yeah, I think like you said, and what we've been talking about this whole time, it's just the posture is so key, just that humble posture and just the way in which even just using David as an example of how he, despite his platform and where he was, he was still so humble and maintained that. 
Yeah, I think I would just conclude by by saying in line with, with that, Taylor, in Acts, when it mentions again that David was a man after God's own heart, you know, it, it follows it up in the same sentence by saying, um, and he did all that God wanted him to do. And I think that's where yeah. we need to land at the end of this is, is we wake up and we ask the Lord, Lord, what, what do you want me to do today? And, and in certain circumstances, when we, you know, see a person, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? And when we see somebody hurting, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? You want me to go fight that giant for them? Or do you want me just to come alongside and love them where they are? And uh, if we make it our mission to continually ask that question, Lord, what do you want me to do here? I think at the end of the day, um, he'll say the same thing about us. We're men after his own heart. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.